when I'm looking at this B2B segment, when it gets technical, when it gets industrial, I really saw that for a very large part, marketing is a key distinguishing function of a business. Marketing is literally missing, mismanaged, or misunderstood. You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today we're talking about B2B marketing in a specific industry, industrial. How this industry is dealing with the different trends, tackling digital transformation, how this impacts revenue generation and the approach to the customer journey. Many of you out there are probably thinking industrial manufacturing have a tendency to be a little bit behind the times. So it'll be interesting to see where we're at today. To help us, we have with us James Soto, founder and CEO of Industrial, one of North America's top B2B marketing agencies focused on working with industrial companies such as Schneider Electric, NIST, Hunter Fan, and ABB Baldo, to name a few. James, thank you so much for taking time and welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me here, Chad. So we always like to start with a random question so the audience gets to know you a little bit better. And I'm always curious to know something you're passionate about that those who know you largely through a work environment might be surprised to learn about. You know, that, that, that question's great. It's uh, something I actually was thinking about, which was kind of weird today. Um, I'm really passionate about taking small steps, Kaizen, which really means change for the better. That really evolved into um, what is known as continuous improvement. And it's really an outcrop of that. And, um, you know, for me, it's, it's just a curious thing. But I've been really thinking about what's that small step you can take to help someone. And I've been actually micro-investing as I just kind of go about town and live my life. And uh, I ran into a gentleman. And he, um, you know, he's a vet, um, he was on disability, he was, in a, I was just having breakfast and, and just heard a story and just saw a great opportunity to make an investment in something he was interested in doing, like uh, um, finding a way to make uh, to investment income. And so um, made a small investment, hoping to meet him on the 5th of, um, of April and just, you know, change one more life for the better by helping him take that Kaizen one small step. So I don't think my wife knows that. I kind of make these little <laughs> micro investments as, as I run into folks because um, it's not really about the accolades, but um, it's, it's about just, the impact. Uh, it's about the impact yeah, and the intrinsic it's, it's reward. It's a small impact. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right. So for our listeners, how about some context around industrial and the journey uh, that brought you there? Oh, wow. So, um, so essentially, I was born an industrial person. My father was in manufacturing 42 years. I worked my, you know, I was literally born in the Bronx and shuttled to the apartments they just moved into <laughs> next to the factory in Stanford, Connecticut. So, um, so that's kind of the backdrop. And um, I was raised uh, you know, really well, got a great opportunity to uh, go to college, work my way through college on that same plant floor. And my sister went on to do the same and co- become an industrial engineer. You know, fast forward, I'm this weird thing called a Gen Xer. People don't talk about this very often. But they don't talk about it. We are flying <laughs> under the radar. So um, so, so what, what, what's, what's really interesting is we came up in the age of Atari and Pong, and we were really, truly born industrial, raised digital. And we were that first generation. And in the 90s, 
that was when you know I really came to form what became industrial. I was working for an information company in 1994, this thing called Yahoo Form 98 Google. Yeah. We were going from analog to digital, cellular networks were being built, and I was in an information company all around that. So imagine this, you know, first college educated male in my family, my sister was the first. I come out, I'm in this change and transformation, especially around cellular and mobile. And basically someone came up during a keynote at CTIA and said, you know, you gotta make your way of doing business obsolete before the competition does. And I really took that to heart and I really, really reflected on what he said. I said, you know, as I really kind of explore that, I, I think you've got to make your way of living life and doing business obsolete before generational technological market forces or the competition does. And that's really the spark of my belief system in business. I was recruited by one of the, the actually the largest industrial directories. So if you think about analog to digital, you think about the yellow pages going away with, you know, literally in that decade, Yahoo and Google forming. Fast forward in just a number of years, the impact was massive. I came on board with a, uh, an industrial directory out of New York while they were going through and looking for people with that digital DNA to really help them introduce digital to what was essentially directory advertising and convincing people to go digital and and start that in the manufacturing sector of all places. Saw that no one was addressing the market and formed Industrial Strength Marketing Incorporated, which is the company that holds all of our brands. And essentially the rest is history. And wow, <laughs> is there a need? Right, and no looking back, right? No looking back. <laughs> uh, uh, with, with uh, yeah, you know, when you look back, there's a lot. <laughs> so yeah, it's, all, it's, it's not all good, but it's not all bad, And but I, I wouldn't change a thing. Excellent. So let's let's start with kind of the challenges that you're seeing in B2B marketing. Now, I mean, you've accomplished a great deal. Uh, I'm always curious to learn, if, you know, if we go from the macro to the micro, what, what are B2B marketers getting right? What are they missing? Kind of what are the gaps that you're seeing uh, and helping, organiz helping organizations address? Uh, that's, that's like the fundamental question, right? What's the, what, what are, you know, let's start with what's, what's missing because there is a lot to celebrate in terms of B2B marketers, industrial marketers. But I think one of the things that um, I, I looked at and look in, in business in general, when I'm looking at this B2B segment, when it gets technical, when it gets industrial, I really saw that for a very large part, marketing is a key distinguishing function of a business. Marketing is literally missing, mismanaged, or misunderstood. And that is absolutely the fundamental, you know, first principles thinking that I've been using to really get down to it. And then going into the whys deeper, it really gets down to belief. What is really wrong for a lot of companies, I'm talking billion dollar businesses, billion dollar manufacturers, billion dollar distributors, literally don't even have marketing staff. It's crazy. <laughs> so hard to believe. And so, so, so when you really look at that, um, that real issue, it comes down to they don't believe in it. They don't know it. There's, they're, they're, it's, it's literally missing at a number of levels. And what's wrong is you know, not only that missing component, but, but also a, a fundamental thing that, that's really happening, and this is B2B's industrials, is that there's a lack of readiness for marketing. And, and what I mean by that is businesses don't have that context to know where they're at. Where are you in your transformation journey, in your digital journey? You know, are you 
industrial age or are you trending digital or are you at like that digital pace setter? But, but, but besides that, really the biggest issue in terms of readiness is they don't even know the key critical predictive success metrics related to whether or not their marketing transformation, you know, sales efforts are going to succeed or not. And so, you know, I'll give you an example. We do a marketing readiness assessment as part of our, our process. And it's something we give away just to give folks an opportunity to look at, you know, I think we do like roughly 40 questions relate, you know, metrics related to what do you know and don't know about sales? What do you know and don't know about how you're positioning your organization? What do you know and don't know about the financial operations and numbers around sales and marketing and some other metrics? And, and like questions pop up where, you know, literally CEOs and, you know, these, these executives, you know, that hopefully in your audience are literally don't, can't answer a question of, you know, what is the lifetime value of a customer? What is our customer acquisition cost? What is the customer acquisition cost to the lifetime ratio to actually understand if you're paying too much or little on marketing and sales? And a lot of measures like that, they can't even, based on some of these things that they were finding that folks don't know, whether why people do business with them, what's their rescission rate in terms of loss rate, what's the life, all these different questions, we're realizing that that readiness extends from the C-suite all the way through marketing and sales and channel partner organizations. So readiness makes us as marketers and sellers be in a position, certainly defensive and skeptical. You know, it's really subjective. You don't know what you're swimming for. You don't know your baselines. <laughs> and, you can, and, and if you don't know where you started, you can't have the context to measure where so, someone or something took you. So it's really no surprise that you know, because of the lack of readiness and having those critical metrics in place, that people are skeptical. And they... They feel burnt. They have bad, it's like relationships, divorced, you know, <laughs> single and satisfied. You know, they don't have a good relationship with each other and marketing. And so I think that's fundamentals where, where I think more and more we're seeing that now what's right, that, that businesses are centering on the customer. They see profit as a reward for that satisfied customer. And that, you know, going deeper into that, they're looking at brand and the role of culture in play and creating a business that people want to work for and with. And, and that really permeates everything down to the brand, the product, the customer experience level. And I think those are some things that we're seeing right. But fundamentally, you know, there, there's some, some, big, some big issues there, you know, in, in kind of indoctrinating that across the organization. Well, I mean, it's a great point, right? And and it lends itself to kind of my next question, which is, and the stuff that you sent over that we, there was mention of the missing CMO. Yeah. I can understand they're not being a marketing organization, but now we're talking about they're not being an executive at, at the table <laughs> that can answer those exact same questions. So let's yeah. dive into that a little bit. Yeah. So I'll just give you the, you know, the manufacturing sector. There's, there's roughly 258,000 manufacturers in the United States. And all but, you know, like, like roughly less, just under 4,000 of those are companies with over 500 employees. And so when you start to look at like the, you know, the, um, you know, the fortune or the industry week, you know, I look at the industry week 500 industrials, which are North American companies, the top companies, you'll see apples in there, but then you'll, you'll see mostly truly industrial businesses. And when you look at literally the executive level, lead our team, look at the board, you literally over and over and over and over again don't see a CMO, which is amazing. So what does that really speak to 
the efforts that are going on at the business unit level, at the brand or product level. That is fundamentally symptomatic of that, you know, that missing mismanagement misunderstood. And it's an issue of really helping folks become believers. And so, you know, the B2B general segment it has that same issue. The CPG consumer segment has that same issue with CMOs. And, you know, they last, what, three years. <laughs> but, 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 but fundamentally, you're not going to build a distinguished marketing function in your business because that's the issue it's saying. When you look at an integrated marketing and sales and customer experience uh, world, right, like transformation, digital, everything coming together with data, it's really hard to get there if you don't have that true commitment to establishing it alongside finance, operations, HR, you know, you name it, as a core function of a business. How could you even think to do that? And I think that's an industrial age you need to be, you know, thinking around, you know, your priorities are where your attention and money, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's interesting, you know, it, it speaks to the, the first thing that I think of is, is I think about these industrial companies, it tells me a lot about the other executives. If they're, if, if your other C-suite has not said, Hey, we need a marketing function, then it, it makes me wonder about the, the totality of their ability to understand the business uh, and all the elements that it takes, depending on the size. And maybe yeah. they don't, maybe they don't need a CMO, but some of the larger ones, I mean, to be operating today without one, when it, we've, we've gotten to the point where it can prove the ROI to the business over and over and over is shocking, especially to people that are listening that are in the tech industry where, you know, marketing has been, been a, a whipped dog for a lot of years, yeah. but to, to now be in, a, in an industry where it's not even part of the makeup is uh, yeah. fascinating to me. But it's also the opportunity. And there's some great research that's been done. And um, McKinsey's done some really good stuff in looking at these archetypes of CMOs and how um, just honestly, the performance of talent and, and the trajectory and addressing the overall organization's growth agenda. I think they've done a really great job doing it. And what these you know, what these CMOs who are successful or even organizations that decide to establish that function, there's a tight relationship and connection to the role of connecting technology and, and sales and marketing channels and R&D. Like, it's got to connect to realize that growth agenda. And the CFO's got to be at the table. So for us, I think that opportunity, you know, as marketers is we're, we're going straight. We're going to, we're going straight to the C-suite. <laughs> we're just saying like, you want to have this conversation? What are your beliefs? And that's why we start with the readiness. What do you actually know about your own business? And a lot of times when folks really realize that they don't know what they need, you know, it, the truth is, is you know, I've literally had the, you know, the, at that time, a VP, you know, of a multi-million dollar electric, electric motor company come to me and say, James, I'm, I'm marketing ignorant. Well, this person went on to become the CEO of uh, one of the largest industrial distributors, a $6 billion company. So there is this opportunity and, and a real need for the market to realize and, and executives to really say, it's okay. Hey, I need other people to figure this crapola out. I need, I need to go seek that or, you know, or, uh, or, or begin that journey. So they, they need to, to become believers. They need to become educated because that's what ladders down from why it's missing, mismanaged, or misunderstood. 
Agreed. 100%. So one of the things that um, I've heard you mention that, that piques my interest that I have a, uh, a history with uh, is the, the concept of the primitive brain in marketing. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd love to understand what you mean by that and the role it plays in the way you think teams should be approaching, whether it be transforming an organization or a customer journey or, or whatever it is, would love to understand the role you feel that plays. Yeah, so I'm I'm not breaking any new ground here, right? Um, you know, I think we're all avid learners. I hope you know, and I think you know, that's why folks who are listening to this great show. And, and in my journeys of understanding, um, I saw a presentation. It was literally titled "Crap," and it was all about like the content deluge, right? And and I think now, like even then, that was a long time ago that came out, and and now with a majority of B two B marketers, you know, having content and some level of content strategy. And just just the, the the 